0: Welcome to Woffle's Press
1: Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Woffle.
0: The Green Bay Packers decided not to make any trades before Tuesday's deadline. Was that the right move, or will it come back to haunt them? Hi, I'm Gary Woffle, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for what figures to be, Rob, the most interesting podcast we've had. Are you buying
1: wow. it? Wow. <laughs> You're putting the bar high early, Gary.
0: Yeah, you know, come out of the block strong, right?
1: <laughs> e- either that says we're taking our game up a notch or the other ones haven't been uh, all, all that exemplary <laughs> up, you know, up until now. And and then there was nowhere to go but up, right? Absolutely. So,
0: <laughs> so anyways... Rob, before we delve into uh, the trade deadline situation, uh, which passed on Tuesday afternoon, let's talk briefly about the Packers-Cardinals game, and what a fabulous performance by the Packers and their coaching staff, and what a night, what a game for Rasul Douglas. Uh, The former Cardinal had the game of his life. He not only had that game-winning interception, but Rob, he had 10 solo tackles, and I wonder if that was a season high for the Packers. It, it seems like it might be, but to say the least, the young man stepped up just like the rest of the
1: Packers. Yeah. I think Campbell's had a couple of games, Gary, where he's been in that 12, 13 range, you know, for, for total tackles. But Gary, I thought going into the season, this was a game Green Bay would lose even at full strength and, you know, short turnaround, going from a Sunday to a Thursday, you travel 1,800 miles out to Arizona. I mean, those Thursday night games are beasts. Just, just really tricky for road teams to not only play, you know, on, on, on such a short turnaround time, but then have to travel. And in Green Bay's case here, Gary, you know, they, they they had to travel, you know, across the country for this particular game. Well, now you throw in the fact they're down their top three wide receivers, right? Adams, MVS, and Lazard. Jair uh Zadarius, Kevin King they're down on defense right three preferred starters yeah. on, on that side of the ball they're, they're they're still down David Bakhtiari um Tunyon blows his knee out in that game they're still down Josh Myers right Gary I mean the, the starting center mm-hmm. you look at all these pieces that they're missing I mean I would certainly argue it, it, it is the most impressive win of the Matt LaFleur era in, at least in the regular season, Gary, because you get extra points for the playoffs. But it, it, it's the most impressive win to me of, of Matt LaFleur's, uh, you know, two and a half years in Green Bay by far in the regular season. The, the line ended up, I think, being six and a half, Gary, just under a touchdown, you know, where Arizona was was favored by that. You look at some of these guys, Gary, that, that stepped up and, and made plays that night. I mean, Douglas obviously has the one that'll be on highlight reels, you know, 10 and 20 years from now that Packer fans will watch when he made the last second interception on the pass intended for for A.J. Green. But, but through the game, you know, Henry Black has an interception, Gary, um, yes. a guy who normally wouldn't be on the field. You know, Ty Summers recovers a fumble at the three-yard line, a backup. I mean, they win the turnover battle that night, Gary, 3-0. And the guys for the Packers that come up with the turnovers are Rasul Douglas, Henry Black, and Ty Summers. I mean, you you, you give me that on a lottery ticket, <laughs> and I'm never working another day in my life, Gary, that, that, those, three, that those three guys come up with, with your turnover plays, right? Not not your big-name uh, stars and, 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 and your starters and your standouts. Those are three backup players Most of the time, obviously Douglas is playing a full-time role right now due to injury Gary, but you know, you and I talked about this uh, on the podcast last week, Gary, how would they win the game? And I said, they've got to win the, uh, the time of possession battle by 10 minutes. They've got to go 35, 25 or more in the time of possession. Well, Gary, they went 37 and a half minutes that night with the ball. Oh, they had the ball crazy. 15 minutes. They, you know, exactly. They they had four drives, Gary, of 10 plays or more. Now two would ended in touchdowns and two they didn't score. Uh, but the bottom line is still they were just gobbling up six and seven minutes a crack, but you know, each time they had the ball there. You know, they they wound up 15 minutes, uh, plus fifteen minutes in the in the time of possession. And then we said that the running backs would have to have monster games, and and Gary, they did. I mean, Dylan. 16 carries, 78 yards, he's almost five yards a pop. He actually had more carries that night than Aaron Jones. Jones was 15. Jones was 15 for 59. But Gary, I don't know if you remember last week on the podcast, I said, you watch, Jones is gonna get between six and nine catches in that game, he had seven. He had seven Mm -hmm. for 51, he was their leading wide. That's
0: in between six and nine, that's pretty good. Yep,
1: yep, and you know, when we, you and I talked and we said, where is the ball gonna go, right? Who's gonna catch it? And 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 we said it's gotta be these these guys that that normally you don't right. count on in, in a big way. I, I said Aaron Jones is far and away now, their their number one option in the pass game. And you saw a couple times, Gary, they they lined them out wide and sent them on goal routes and, and threw deep balls to them. And and that pretty much served as as their vertical passing game. And then they just they they went short and in intermediate stuff to to, to number four, five, six wide receivers on, on most nights, you know, Randall Cobb in that game, Gary, only three catches, but two, are touchdowns. Um, I mean, Gary, they had guys just up and down the roster make plays and, and it showed you their depth. And, and, and I, Gary, personally, I, I thought they'd go out there and lose by two scores. And, and the fact they were able to steal a 24, 21 win um, tells me right now that, that they, they might be as good as anybody in the NFC.
0: Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. You you had mentioned that it was the most impressive game of the uh, uh, Lafleur era, and I couldn't agree with you more on that on that comment. I'll go as far as to say it was one of the most impressive Packer victories I've seen in a long, long time. And uh, the reason I say that is, how many times can a win, a team win when you got three All Pro players not even playing? I mean, we, we talk about Bakhtiari, uh, Alexander, and Z'Darrius Smith. And uh, I got a chuckle watching uh, the NFL Network today. They, they talked about the Packers-Cardinals game. And uh, I, I can't remember who the individual was, but they go. And they won it without Devontae Adams. And I'm thinking like, yeah, and a lot of other guys, you know. I mean, it was just an incredible effort.
1: Kind of like we outlined Gary top three wide receivers, right? They, they, you know, three o'clock that afternoon, they call up Jawan Winfrey and uh, he, he has four catches in the game. Um, just guys coming out of nowhere, Gary. And, and I'll be honest, Winfrey looks like a player, like a guy they might want to keep around a little bit. He certainly has the body to, to maybe make an impact here, you know, down the road, but again, top three wide receivers, right? you know, arguably your best two players on defense and Zadarius Smith and, and Jair Alexander, you know, I, I, I hesitate almost these days, Gary, to even mention when Kevin King is out just because he's out pretty much every yeah. week. And, yeah. and what's the point, right. right. It's, it's right. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. And he's, to me, he's been passed by Stokes anyways. Who's, you know, I know he got beat on the one deep ball, but man, that is, that is one gifted rookie that they, uh, that they are putting out there every every single Sunday, but, then like you touched on, you know, Bakhtiari, who, who they should get back this week now, you know, for the Chiefs, Myers, another key part of that offensive line, the center, uh, you know, being down. And then in the middle of the game, they lose Tanya, uh, you know, to, to the ACL and, and, you know, they, they, there were guys dropping like flies that night, Gary. So yeah, the, the, the fact that they played an undefeated team on the road, short turnaround had to travel almost 2000 miles to do it. And now, I mean, I guess I could quick add it up, Gary, but we're talking they're probably down six to eight preferred starters easily uh, in, you know, in, in that football game. And, and they find a way to get it done. Um, it tells me one of two things, either they're the class of the NFC, or maybe Arizona was a little bit of a pre- pretender or possibly both Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're going to find out here in the second half of the season, but uh, but boy, what a way for green Bay to to pretty much roll into the midway point of the season now seven straight wins, seven and one tied for the best record, you know, in the, in the NFC now uh, with Arizona and, and with the Rams and, and Dallas just a half game back. But um, no, Gary, I, I don't, I don't remember a regular season win kind of quite that impressive in, in many years for Green Bay.
0: Yeah. You had uh, mentioned about Winfrey. Um, th- this is a true story. It must've been several weeks after the Packers season ended uh, last season. I talked to somebody and he told me, said, you know, you want to look like a brilliant reporter, write about Winfrey. He's going to be a player. (laughs) I go through preseason. You don't hear about him. Basically you go how many games, six games or whatever it was, seven games. Didn't hear a word about him. And all of a sudden he showed up first game and he was impressive. I mean, you're right. He caught my eye. I thought he played very well.
1: Well, Gary, I, you know, obviously Cobb had the touchdown passes, but you know, I, I thought Winfrey was more impressive than, than the other receivers that, that they've had on the roster. Yes. Just the same yes. Browns, the, the Malik Taylors, um, you know, they, they went to the tight ends a little bit more in, in that game as well. And, and they'll have to keep doing that now, you know, the guys like Deguara and um, Mercedes Lewis and, and people like that now with, with Tunyon being down, but but I, yeah, I I wonder that there's probably a spot here moving forward for Winfrey, you know, Gary. We'll we'll see how this all plays out, you know. As 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 I'm sure our listeners know, by the time they're going to hear this podcast, Jalen Smith was cut today. We're doing this on a Tuesday, you know. But there's going to be some roster maneuvers coming up, Gary, and and I wonder, I, I I would think there might be a spot for uh you know for Winfrey.
0: Yeah, you know when when they uh, cut Smith today, I, I wasn't surprised because you and I had talked about this. Uh... I don't know if it was our last podcast or the one before that but you know the the Packers rolled the rolled the dice on the guy you know they had absolutely nothing to lose um you know either he was going to help him or he wasn't and obviously that injury which uh Cowboys owner Jerry Jones alluded to after the Cowboys cut uh Smith the uh, club foot you know was a factor and I talked to another NFL executive and I think I mentioned this to you the last time as well. He said the guy can't cover anybody because of that club foot that he really, really struggles in uh, pass coverage, but you know, he's a great guy and uh, you you hope, you know, he can uh, get that taken care of and uh, come back and play again.
1: You know, Gary, it, it didn't work out, but you go to the fact here now that since June they've signed Devondre Campbell off the street, rasul Douglas off the street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jalen Smith off the street and 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 Whitney marsalis off the street. So four guys, three are still there. Campbell's probably been their defensive MVP up, up until this point in time.
0: Yep.
1: Rasul Douglas looks like a guy that even when they get healthy back there, Gary, if I guess they get healthy, there's still big question marks, obviously, on King and Alexander and 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 what's going to happen with their season. But Douglas clearly looks like a guy who's who's going to factor you know, in, into their defensive game plans week in and week out. And he's probably going to be one of their top three or four corners uh, when, when this thing's all said and done. And, and they'll see moving forward, what they can get, you know, from, from merciless. And, and, you know, it didn't work out obviously with Smith, Gary, we, we saw that, especially in the bears game, you know, it it was certainly telling he was inactive for that Arizona game. Um, you know, he, he was really bad in that bears game. Like you said, especially in space, when, when a team can isolate him and he's got to cover or he's got to make a tackle in space, Gary, he, he just doesn't seem to, to have that skill set to the, the way he did, you know, five, six years ago coming out of Notre Dame. So you, you kicked the tires on it. It didn't work big deal. Um, these other ones are working Gary, right? I mean, Campbell's been amazing. Clearly with Douglas, they, I think they found something he, he's going to contribute the verdicts out. I think yet uh, on merciless and, and, and I, don't think, I don't think Gutekunst is done either. I, we're going to get into this shortly. I know, Gary, they didn't make any trades. But, but don't be surprised if, if he continues to keep trying to find a guy here or there that winds up on the street here as the season moves along.
0: Oh, exactly. You know, uh, one, one other uh, comment I wanted to make on the uh, Cardinals-Packers game was we, we have seen this on countless occasions over the years about how Packer fans show up on the road. But my goodness, I don't know how many thousands of Packer fans were at that game. I mean, it was ridiculous. And uh, after the game, Colleen Wolf of the NFL Network, you know, pointed out, she goes, oh, this has got to be the largest crowd we've had, you know, after a game. And Rob, how many Packer fans do you think were at that game? I mean, it, it was a ridiculous amount.
1: You know, Gary, I I wasn't there personally, so it's a guess, mm-hmm. but but. I, I think the crowd was about 50-50 that night. And yeah, it sure
0: sounded like it.
1: Yep, just just based on the sound when each team had the ball and, and things like that at key moments when, when when the noise would amp up. I mean, I mean, think about that. If you're Kyler Murray and, and you're on a 7-0 team and team and you're trying to go to the line of scrimmage and, and make a play call and the place gets so loud <laughs> that your people can't even hear you um, and, and you feel like you're, you're in a road game in, in Seattle, right, with the 12th man. Only Mm -hmm. you're in your own stadium or something like that. Right. I mean, how, how crazy deflating, demoralizing at that point in time. I mean, if I'm, I mean, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I'm saying, how the hell did these Packer nuts all get all these tickets and, and invade our stadium. Right. Uh, What more, you know, what, if you're Arizona, what more can you do? You're putting you're putting out a ridiculously good product. You're seven and all, you've got your biggest game in, in years, at least in the regular season. And, and here comes the Thursday night game and you see cheese heads marching in from, from every single <laughs> entrance. Right. And it's, yeah. and, and by yeah. the time they all sit down, Gary, I, I think that place was about 50, 50. And I, that, that's just an educated guess. I, I don't have any specific numbers, but, but, at, you know, even if the Packer nation didn't make up a, you know, a full 50% Gary, they were certainly as, as loud as, as half, half the stadium would have been. So, yeah, no, it's, it, it is crazy how they travel um I'm sure it was a big you know key in terms of you know Green Bay winning that football game and and now Gary as we look to the second half of the season I mean uh who would have ever thought after that Saints game in the opener but but here they are right now the 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 Packers um tied for the best record in the NFC I I think if you do the tiebreakers right now Gary they are the number one seed um so it's you know it, it it's crazy everything's in front of them here and um, Tampa had a huge loss on, on Sunday to new Orleans and, and I didn't see that one coming. I don't think anybody did. Um, I don't know if it matters to Tampa Bay, if they're on the road or not for the, for the playoffs, they were on the road last year and certainly didn't have any problems along the way. But, uh, but if you are green Bay, you want to wind up in Lambeau in January and, and they're positioning themselves to do that, Gary.
0: Oh, absolutely. Rob, uh, let's, let's move on to the, uh, Trading deadline, uh, it came and passed at three o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. And uh, the Packers obviously didn't pull the trigger on any moves. And um, you and I had talked about them possibly going out and getting a wide receiver or a tight end, and, and that obviously didn't happen. But, Rob, in, in, in your humble opinion, and I know it's always
1: humble, right? <laughs> you know me, Gary, always humble.
0: Absolutely. Were, 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 were the Packers maybe shrewd in not making a trade and perhaps not disrupting that exquisite chemistry they have right now?
1: Well, no, I wouldn't go that far, Gary. I I, I still think they needed a piece or two. If, if um, I, I know they're seven and one, and like I mentioned, they're ahead of Tampa right now. Gary, they're they're tied with the Rams, they're tied with the Cardinals. And and I think. I think there's three or four teams, Gary, in the NFC that are better than everybody in the AFC. Now, I I could be proven wrong, but I I just haven't been overly impressed with, you know, the the group on a whole in the AFC, whether that's Buffalo that comes out of there or Baltimore, or whoever it winds up being. I think there's four or five teams in the NFC better than everybody in in the AFC, Gary. You know, so to me, you're looking at a race here down the stretch between Green Bay, the Rams, Dallas, Arizona, Tampa Bay, and and I like Green Bay in a couple of those matchups, Gary, but I'll be honest that you know, after the Rams added Von Miller, uh, which was undoubtedly the you know the 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 headline of, of the trading deadline, they gave up a two and a three for an elite pass rusher, a guy who's been to eight Pro Bowls, has 110 career sacks. I mean, this is this is a this is a hell of a football player that the Rams now bring into their locker room. Gary, on a neutral field, I, I still like the Rams and Tampa Bay more than i do green bay i, I like green bay head to head against dallas i like green bay head to head against arizona but i think i think tampa bay and i think the rams are are a little bit ahead of of green bay and 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 that packer rams game coming up in a few weeks gary is is going to be legendary i think i think that's going to be just a phenomenally uh phenomenally a uh, great football game and you know i gary I, I just don't know how green bay covers all those guys tampa has I, you know <sighs> I, I, you and I have talked about this a lot, Gary, that they needed help in the past game, especially after losing Tunyon, yeah. um, who was probably their third best option right now, you know, in in the past game. Um, and, and I guess there's still time they could pluck somebody off the street. The Rams just cut to Sean Jackson. Um, you know, that that's a guy they could take a look at if they wanted or, you know, do something to that effect. But, but Gary <clears throat> Green Bay, as we talk here tonight ranks. 16th in the league in scoring offense, and 22nd in yards. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's just those are not numbers we're accustomed to with a Packer offense. This group's just not explosive. Gary, they almost have to be perfect on these long drives, and and really they were against Arizona the other night. But but they've got to grind out 10, 12, 14 play drives right now, Gary. They're they're not going to hit you with a three play 79 yard drive most of the time, and you know, make it really easy for the, for the guys on offense, they've got to be precise and, and execute almost perfectly moving the ball up and down the field because they do lack explosion and, and just the way teams are defending them too, Gary. So I, you know, when, when, when you get into January and you have to do that against elite defenses, I mean, I know Tampa's defense this year, Gary, hasn't been quite what it was last year, but they've still got six or seven really high level football players on, on that side of the ball Gary, now you're talking about the Rams with Aaron Donald and, and, and Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey um, and, and a, a pretty darn good group of linebackers, um, you know, for green Bay to put together 10, 12, 14 play drives against the Rams. Is that feasible? I don't know. Probably, probably going to be a challenge, you know, a ridiculously hard challenge, Gary. So um, long winded answer to your question, were they savvy? Was this somehow a good thing not to add a player I don't think so. I, I still think they needed help in one of three areas, um, wide receiver, tight end, or cornerback. And, mm-hmm. and you can never have enough corners when, you, when you're going to go up against Tom Brady in all likelihood at some point in the playoffs. And, and he's throwing the ball to Evans and Godwin and Gronk and Antonio Brown. I mean, you, you cannot have enough corners to try to slow down uh, Tom Brady and then the Rams Gary when, when they get healthy they've got a pretty darn good, good group of pass catchers as well obviously Arizona does Dallas does you know so Green Bay could have used a corner and like we touched on that offense just isn't explosive they, they needed another they needed another pass catcher Gary whether that was a tight end and, and Evan Ingram was the tight end who, who I really felt they should have gone out and chased hard whether they did or not I, I guess only Brian Gutekunst knows or we'll find out at a, at a later time uh, Gary, but you know, the, the tight end from the giants, Evan Ingram, who ran a four, four, two coming out of old miss, I thought could have really helped, uh, this, this football team. And there was a number of wideouts that were, you know, being dangled at one Mm -hmm. point or another. I I'm just sure Brian Gutekunst didn't want to give up whatever the price of, you know, playing poker was in, in this particular, you know, particular game. So here they go with, with the roster they have, they'll start bringing people back Gary, which will certainly be a help. They're going to wind up with a really good regular season record. I have no doubt of that, especially after winning at Arizona, we're probably looking at a team that's going to be in the 14 and three range when this thing is all said and done. But the bottom line still remains to me, Gary, are they better than Tampa Bay? Are they better than the Rams? I don't know. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. You know, where I uh, stand on the Packers, I, I made this uh, preseason prediction uh, that they would get to the Super Bowl and uh, after the after the first game of the season, uh, I, I didn't feel too good, too good about the Packers, but I still I still feel good that they're the t- they're the team that's going to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC, and uh, with the exception uh, of uh, the Rams, I mean, if Stafford is playing out of his mind, and and as you noted, I can't imagine a better defense going forward than what the Rams have. I mean, they got four studs, Leonard Floyd's. Uh, a really good linebacker. And yep. you mentioned the other three guys. and uh, I think they're going to be much improved. Having said that, there are some people in the NFL <laughs> that don't believe Von Miller is, is close to being 100% healthy and have concerns about his health. And uh, if that's true, then, you know, who knows how that trade is going to pan out, but uh, certainly the Rams feel that he's going to be okay. You, you don't give up a second and a third round pick if If you don't think you're getting, you know, an impact player, but I I agree with you. The Packers needed help on offense and uh, they they didn't get it. And I was kind of surprised because going into the trading deadline, I thought, or I felt confident that they would make a trade. And then when Gutekunst came out, not Gutekunst, uh, LeFleur came out and said how Gutekunst was really working hard to make a deal. I thought he was setting the table for a trade. Okay. Uh, I was surprised that he came out and made that comment and uh, for them uh, not to make a trade, I, I thought was a little disappointing.
1: Well, Gary, and, and when you factor in, I mean, let's be honest, in all likelihood they're down to nine regular season games with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback in a postseason, whatever that entails. And they will move him this off season and they will, they will gain back an enormous amount of, of draft capital and possibly players, but we're probably looking Gary at four or five picks in the top three rounds in terms of what they would would get for Rodgers, you know, if if the two sides can't figure something out, and at this point, you know, just the way the salary cap looks, Gary, they're 40 million over, I don't know how they're going to make anything work with Rodgers, he may not want to be there anyhow, and, and, you know, he certainly showed that last summer, so I continue to work under the assumption Gary that Aaron Rodgers will be in a different uniform next season. And, and if he is Gary, they're going to get back just a, a ton of draft picks. And so if, if you are all in right now, if this is your last dance, the dance, man, then, then then go all in, you know, push your chips to the middle and say, all right, we just lost Tunyon. Let's go get a tight end, whoever it might be. I mean, like I mentioned, Evan Ingram, who runs a four, four, two, you know, they're, they need help at wide receiver, so take a chance on an OBJ uh, from Cleveland, right? Um, you know, various other guys, Gary, that are that are floating around the league that were being dangled. That they, they like this group of wide receivers, um, and and I personally, Gary, don't fully understand why. Um, they they all have their little positive attributes and things they do well, but Gary, outside Devonte Adams, are. are can you count on any of those guys No. in an no, NFC divisional playoff game, in an NFC championship game? Do you want Alan Lazard, Gary, in an NFC title game to have nine targets? Do you want seven balls thrown to MVS when they see Tampa Bay in the playoffs? I don't. Um, you know, if, if, if I'm a Packer fan, but, you know, I I feel a lot better if if I had a veteran in there who, who had done it before um, along the way. To me, Gary, they just – they don't have – a real reliable second and third option um it's certainly in the passing game after after Adams and um you know Aaron Jones is probably their second best pass catcher and and Tunyon would have been their third so no Gary if, if they are technically all in if uh you know like I said if, if if this is the last dance then then you give Rogers and and you give everybody there the best chance to go and win a Super Bowl and And trying to do it with Lazard, who's a better blocker than he is a pass catcher, you know, trying to do it with a guy like MBS, who's so unreliable and he's been unreliable for four years, trying to do it with a guy like Randall Cobb, who, who, let's be honest, he had a nice game in Arizona with a couple of touchdown catches, but he's certainly on about hole 17 or 18 of his career. Um, Gary, we're we're talking about a, a pretty tough ask of Aaron Rodgers in this offense to try to match points with Tom Brady. And that merry band of pass catchers that that he has there in in Tampa Bay, um, it, it, it's 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 going to be tough. And 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 the road to the Super Bowl still goes through Tampa, to me, Gary. Um, they might have had a hiccup last week in the New Orleans game, but I'll tell you what: Does anybody want to see Tom Brady uh, in January or February? Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I see where you're coming from, and, and all your points, uh, I I totally agree with. It. I just don't like what I'm seeing in Tampa. Uh a year ago I was on their bandwagon I, I thought they were gonna win the Super Bowl and they did. Uh especially after after they got Antonio Brown and um but I for whatever reason that team it, it, it's like Kansas City that there's there's something missing there. I, I I don't know if it's motivation or focus or whatever, but uh Tampa Bay has, has some definite holes on their defense, especially in the, in the secondary. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more as we get closer to the playoffs. But, you know, Rob, one thing that I'm always amazed at is how few trades are made by NFL teams at the, at the deadline. Uh, I covered the uh, NBA for, God knows, way too many years. And that was actually one of the things I looked forward to as a reporter Because he knew there were going to be a bunch of trades, and in some years, a ton of trades, right? But the NFL, for whatever reason, is really reluctant to make even minor trades. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, you you can't give up a seventh-round pick, you know, for somebody or a sixth-round pick. But um, do you have any theories as to why that is?
1: You know, Gary, I, I don't be, they, they moved the trade deadline back a couple weeks, about three, four years ago. And a lot of people felt it was, it was always about, oh, let's say 10th to 15th range of October uh, in that October, 10 to 15 range. And, 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 and almost nothing got done then Gary, it might've been week six, let's call it. And, and the belief was because in week six, two thir- you know, probably at least 25 teams in the league, Gary still believe they had a chance to, to have some kind of special season. So yeah. they moved it back mm-hmm. now two or three weeks here, here we are, you know, between weeks eight and nine, really the exact center point pretty much of, of the regular season, Gary. Um, and, and still nothing got done. And, and, and Gary, I mean, I can tell you right now, there's, there's no more than a dozen, maybe 15 teams out there with a chance to win the Super Bowl. They're, yeah. they're, I mean, there's yeah. just, there's just not. And you know you you look at the nfc gary right it's it's dallas the rest of that division is garbage it's green bay in in the north the rest of that division is garbage
0: exactly
1: tampa i mean new orleans will make the playoffs gary but can they win a super bowl not with trevor simeon or um you know you're not a big
0: trevor simeon fan
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you know the, the, the nfc west is a damn good division gary but You know, I mean, it's Arizona and the Rams, right? I mean, Russell and the Seahawks are going to be buried, I think, by the time he comes back, you know, from that injury. And then, like I said, you look at that AFC, give me Buffalo, give me Baltimore as as legitimate, maybe Tennessee. I guess you don't rule out the Chiefs yet, right? Your Raiders are hanging around, right, Gary? But, I mean, no more than five, six teams. I guess you never did, you know, never throw up Bill Belichick, so – We'll throw the we'll throw the Patriots in there too, Gary, because they continue to play really good defense and and win with ball control. But I mean, what what do we list there? Twelve teams, so yeah. twenty teams, Gary, in the league have let's say no chance to win the Super Bowl. Why aren't they making moves? Right? It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, if I'm Philadelphia today, um, you know, and, and Fletcher Cox is a guy that that's getting discussed, and uh, you know, all time great Eagle is, is a guy who who could and and possibly would have been traded. Uh, if I'm Philly, why, why am I not looking to, to move him for a two? The Eagles are going nowhere, right? Why aren't the lions selling off the three or four good players they have right Gary and, and restocking with, with, with more draft picks. So I, yeah, I, I don't get it, Gary, that, that there should be more, you know, teams like Houston and and Jacksonville and, and the jets and the dolphins should have been having fire sales today uh, through the, through the course of this trade deadline. And it, and and it just didn't happen. You would have seen NBA teams, Gary, you see you see Major League Baseball teams getting rid of really good players at the deadline. You know, look, think of think of this last baseball season, Gary, right? When when the Dodgers had Scherzer and and Taylor at the at the trade deadline, yeah. you know, in that deal from Washington. I mean, they got what probably two of the top 25 players in baseball in that in that trade. And you just don't see that in the NFL. I I don't know what it is that that they can do to to, to jazz it up, but it's, it's kind of a yawner, Gary, every single year, you know, it is. It is. You get a little bit hyped up for it. And, and three o'clock comes, which is, which is the official end, the trade deadline. And, and you see three moves were made through the course of the day, a couple of minor ones, and you kind of yawn and, and you go back to your life. And, and I'm with you. I, I wish there was a way to, to make it, uh, you know, a, a little more active and enjoyable for, Especially for the fans out there, but but right now the NFL doesn't have an answer on that, Gary.
0: Yeah, you know you're you're talking about uh, the best teams in the AFC and the NFC. Um, I don't know if you saw it today, Rob. Uh, what's the online gambling service? I was gonna. It used to be Bovada. Um, I can't think of the name of it now. I th- oh, it's I think it's called Bet Online. Okay. They they came out with their weekly odds to, for teams to win the Super Bowl, and they have the Bills now at number one at five to one. Okay, and to the, win the whole,
1: to win the Super Bowl, Gary, or win the AFC?
0: No, win the Super Bowl.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, and and of course the Bills play in the AFC,
1: right? Right. Right.
0: Okay. This is to your point. The next five teams are all from the NFC. Okay. The Rams and the Buccaneers are at six to one. The Cowboys are at 17 to two, which is essentially eight and a half to one. Then come the Packers at nine to one and the Cardinals are at 12 to one. And uh, as you noted, and as a bit on line notes, <laughs> the NFC is just brutally tough.
1: Yeah, and, and that makes sense. And and that's why Buffalo would be the favorite, because the belief is all those NFC teams are gonna beat each other up. And the tricky part, right, Gary, is 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 who comes out of that mess, right? Exactly. Does Green Bay come out of that? Does Tampa come out of that? Is it the Rams, the Cardinals, the Cowboys? Uh, even the Saints could pull an upset, I would assume, along the way in the in the playoffs. But yeah, ranks behind a couple of those other teams you, you mentioned, Tampa and and the Rams and and even Dallas, especially with green Bay coming off that win at Arizona and green Bay about to, to start getting a little more healthy. But, but I'll tell you what, Gary, if, if I had to throw a hundred bucks somewhere, I'm going to keep throwing it on Tampa Bay. Um, th- they're going to eventually get, get healthy in the back. I know you mentioned their secondary Gary, you know, but you know, they'll, they'll get Carlton Davis back. I think at some point in time, Murphy bunting can, you know, I, I, I believe he'll come back. Um, you know, the safeties are damn good, right. Winfield and whitehead they picked up Richard Sherman. I don't know what he has left a, a whole lot. Dean's a decent player. They, they, you, you are right. They haven't been the same dominant crazy good unit that they were last year. Gary, they've, they've been, they've still been outstanding against the run. No one, no one even tries to run on them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, an offense goes in there and says, Hey, if I have 60 plays, I'm not running the ball more than a dozen of them or 15 times, maybe just to keep them honest a little bit. Here, there, teams are going to throw the ball three quarters of the time, uh, or try to against Tampa Bay, Gary. I, I still like them the most come January um, with that quarterback and all the rings and, and and the talent that's around him. But but you're right. Uh, you know something seems slightly off. But but Gary, at this time last year too, if you remember, something seemed seemed off as well. They they had that game where they I I think they hosted even New Orleans on a on a Sunday night, and what did they lose that night? about this time last year, I think Gary, it was like 38, three or something. The saints just absolutely hammered them, um, in their building. And a lot of people wrote Tampa off then. So, um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I would never write Tampa off and and Uh, neither,
0: neither would I, I don't think anybody in their right mind would. Nope.
1: Nope. Nope. I know they had a bad loss and Brady didn't look great, uh, in, in that game at new Orleans on Sunday, uh, Gary, but, uh, you know, again, whether they have to do it on the road or at home, I don't. I don't think they care. I don't think Brady cares if he's got to go win a game in Arizona, in Green Bay, in Dallas. It doesn't matter to him. Um, he'll he'll probably find a way to to do it. But uh, no, th- th- those odds are interesting, Gary, um, and and they play out exactly to what we were talking about. I think there's five teams in the in the NFC that are that are probably better than anybody in the AFC, or certainly as good um, Has Buffalo. Separated itself from from the rest of the AFC, Gary. Maybe I don't know slightly. I guess that loss they had to Tennessee to me the other, you know, a couple weeks ago on a Monday night was a, was was to me a, a game they you know they should have won and had put away. It, it showed you some weakness certainly on on their defensive side of the ball. But uh either way, Gary, we're we're set up for an exciting second half, uh, even if the trade deadline wasn't so exciting.
0: Yeah. By the by the way, Rob, uh, if you got a dollar to spare you could put it down on the lions or the texan texans right <laughs> you know what their odds are this is crazy i mean just to show you how pathetic both teams
1: are right um i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess i don't know do they go as high as a million to one gary <laughs> they
0: they probably could but they're three thousand to one okay okay you know i mean that, that, again that just shows how bad bad those teams are but Uh, You know, earlier uh, you had mentioned how the Packers are are getting a bunch of players back. They're going to get all, I think, all three of the wide receivers, right? They'll be back in uh, action Sunday?
1: Well, Lazard has been cleared as we're doing this from COVID, uh, from from, from kind of the protocols and all that. He passed. He was back to practice Gary on Monday. Adams was not. They're hoping to see him probably Thursday range. And, and MVS, I, I I would assume Gary is, is gonna play, but anytime you're dealing with a muscle, you know, yeah. with, with, a, with a soft tissue injury, he's got that hamstring. They're gonna be extra cautious. But Gary, they've been up, they've been extra cautious up until now. And and now and now's the time to now's probably the time to turn him loose again. I know he thought he could play last week in Arizona. He'll have had another 10 days, you know, but by, by the time we get to this Kansas City game. Uh, late Sunday afternoon, Gary. From from the time they played the Cardinals, so yeah, I would certainly expect MVS back and and Bakhtiari will be the other interesting one, Gary. I would anticipate he's going to try to give it a go and 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 have his first game back uh, of the season come come Sunday uh, in Kansas City, and and then that offensive line starts to look, Gary, the way they want it to look. Uh, mm-hmm. Jenkins back to left guard, I would assume, anyways. Um, I guess there's a chance Jenkins could go play some center, but Lucas Patrick would be the center. We'll see what they do at right guard, Gary. Um, Cause Runyon's been decent at left guard. Does he go to the bench? Do they go with Royce Newman? Probably Newman. And, and they don't upset the apple cart over there. And, and then obviously Billy Turner's the right tackle. So through the course of this, you know, eight, you know, first eight games, Gary, where they've been just absolutely massacred when it comes to injuries on the offensive line, they've built this ridiculously good depth. So, you know, when, when, when guys have been down, when, when they lose a, a, a Josh Myers, Patrick's ready to go play. Bakhtiari hasn't played yet, and Jenkins has played and played just fine. When Jenkins went down, other guys stepped up. So they're getting back to full strength, Gary, which only means they'll be better. And um, in theory, these numbers we keep talking about on offense, where they're middle of the pack to, to lower third and lower quarter in some of these stats, those numbers should pick up because Rodgers should have an extra – let's call it 0. 0.5 to 0. 0.7 seconds to throw the ball every time he drops back.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, Rob, if they get completely healthy, I think this is a hell of a team. I mean, let that offensive line, I mean, if you got Myers and you got Jenkins and you got Bakhtiari on your left side, I would match those three up with anybody in the league. I think they're terrific. And Turner, I think it's underrated. He's done a terrific job. You know, the right guard, is iffy you know but overall that that's a tremendous offensive line they got a great quarterback they got a great running back receiving core they got a great receiver whether their second secondary receivers step up who knows but man if, if if they're healthy and they can put it together i, I think they're going to be a tough out
1: well i i don't disagree gary and you know if, if if the road to the super bowl goes through lambeau field and it certainly could you know, they'll be a favorite in every one of those games. I don't care if it's Tampa or Dallas or, or, or the Rams or whoever, you know, they're, they're January in green Bay is a beast for, for any visiting, visiting team. Gary, just the one thing I can't get out of my brain is, is last year's NFC championship game and, and how Rogers was so fixated on Devonte Adams that entire yes. day, that yep. entire afternoon, he had guys running open. He didn't trust them. You know, MVS had a decent game and he, he gave him some balls, but Tunyon was open at various times. Lazard was open. And then Gary in the biggest moments when, when Tampa doubled and even tripled Devonte Adams, Rogers still tried to force the ball in there time and time again. And Gary, nothing has changed in terms of the pass catchers, you know, mm. from a year ago, I guess you could say Randall Cobb's on the roster right now, but, but, I mean, let's be honest, Gary, in a, in a game like that, is he going to play more than 20 snaps? I doubt it. You know, right. he'll, he'll be a bit player, a complimentary player probably at best. So um, I'm, I'm with you, Gary, because I think the defense is is even better and, it, and it's trending upward and, the, and they'll continue to get better. Uh, Zadarius Smith back in Green Bay this week. Well, How long until he's back on the field, I, I guess, is a whole other story. But at least he's back in town and around the team and in the building, which which I know they – they see as a positive. Kevin King, again, we'll see there. Jair Alexander, yeah. we'll, we'll see there. But Gary, if, if they can start to get some of these guys, you know, back here as, as, as the season plays itself out, you've seen other guys like the, like the Rashawn Garys of the world. Stokes, a really good rookie. Uh, Rasul Douglas, just some of these guys, Gary, step up. And even, even a Jonathan Garvin in a spot role, um, has been a solid, you know, he, he's played solid football, Gary. Um, and and they, had, yes, they've had a drop from what you would have with the Smith brothers, let's say, and Rashawn Gary, but, but not, not just a, a, a God awful, uh, you know, fall from the 90th story, anything like that. So, okay. no, Gary, they're, they're deep across the board. It's going to be a good problem for the coaches to have Gary when they have to make tough decisions on who sees the field, if, and when, they eventually get healthy, but I still just come back to the, to, to that one major question I have with this roster, Gary, can they score enough points to, to hang around in a potential shootout against Tampa Bay? Are there enough places for Aaron Rodgers to go with the football in the past game um, against the Buccaneers to, to, to try to win, um, you know, in the playoffs against those guys, because you know how good Tampa's front is Gary Rogers won't have a lot of time to throw um, if, if, if they see Tampa along the way in the playoffs, um, so that's still my number one question, Gary, but, but yes, on if, if that's the biggest problem, these guys have when you line up their roster against an average NFL team, like the Falcons or, or, mm-hmm. or, or the giants or the 49ers or the Broncos or somebody like that. Now those are rosters with problems, right? Yeah. Uh, Green, yeah. Green, Green Bay's roster pales in, you know, when it comes to problems, Green Bay's roster pales in comparison when it, come, when it comes to problems. It, they, they don't have a whole lot, Gary.
0: No, no, exactly. And it just infuriates me when I hear people criticizing Gutekunst and they don't realize how difficult it is to fill every position on an NFL team. It's impossible. You're going to have holes you know, at some point, and the Packers do have holes, and uh, they're not going to be plugged, but when you compare those holes to the vast majority of teams in the NFL, they're, they're a lot fewer uh, than those other teams, so anyways, um, you, you were talking about the passing game, now that Tanyan is out for the season, obviously, uh, they lose a very good player, and it, you know, it's not going to help them, obviously, but Let's face it, Tanyan was not having a good season up up until his injury, and uh, certainly nothing like it was uh, last season. And the other thing, Rob, is Mercedes Lewis, I mean, has he found the fountain of youth or what? (laughs) I mean, this guy is actually becoming involved in the passing game.
1: Well, Gary, he just may have never aged, period. He didn't have to go find that fountain of youth. Now, in in Tanyan's defense, Gary, I'll say this. He's been asked to help in the, in the, in the blocking mm-hmm. uh, part of the game far more than he was a year ago. Um, especially with Bakhtiari out on, on that side, he's had to give help. Um, especially too, then when they were down both Bakhtiari and Jenkins, you know, for a few weeks when, when Elton Jenkins was out with that, with that ankle, Gary. So, uh, you know, Tunyon was asked to stay in and help and block or to chip and then go out on his route. And, and so now he's a half a second, a second late getting off the line of scrimmage compared to, to where he was last year, Gary, when he had more freedom and flexibility to kind of run free down the middle of the field and, and find soft spots against zones and, and things to that effect. Um, those opportunities just weren't there as much. Now, when, when Jenkins came back uh, Gary, and then you saw it a little bit more in that Arizona game, you know, Tony was Tunyon was in the middle of a pretty good game against the Cardinals when he blew out his knee. And, yeah. and I, and, and now as Bakhtiari came back again, Gary and Jenkins could slide back to his, you know, his, his most comfortable position, which, which is left guard and that left side of the line, I think was is, is going to start to become dominant again. Tunyon could go back to doing what he did all last year, which is largely just be a pass catching tight end
0: mm-hmm. and, and
1: his help in the blocking game would have been very minimal. Gary, but they, they needed him. Certainly these first eight weeks to block more than, than he has. We're going to find out what they have there. in and, Josiah DeGura, the, the third round pick from a couple years ago, Gary, um, you know, who, who, who lost all last year to the ACL who hadn't made much of an impact up until uh, this point in time, his staffs are going to go up dramatically. Uh, you know, Daphne's on the roster. He, he's going to get some opportunities. You're going to see Mercedes Lewis probably stay in his role. Um, is, is primarily a blocking tight end. But every now and then, Gary, they're going to they're gonna throw him the ball to keep him happy on, on that level, too. This reminds me a lot, Gary, in 2010, when, when Jermichael Finley went down um, and, and he was lost midway through the year. And they, they kind of had to piecemeal it together mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the way. The, the primary pass catcher became Andrew Corliss, you know, who ran about a 4.840. He wasn't a fast guy Gary, but, but he kind of became the primary tight end and um, they're, they're going to have to do something similar this time around um, unless they can find somebody on the street that there really catches their fancy. I, I doubt that's going to happen, Gary. Like we said, they, they kind of passed on that opportunity and punted today when, when the trading deadline came and went and, and this is the group they're going to probably move forward with, but, but obviously they believe there's enough pieces there to to, to play winning football and and make a run at the Super Bowl, Gary. I'll be honest; I have my doubts. Uh, DeGoura has shown you virtually nothing. Mercedes is old. Uh, you know, Daphne's Daphne might have some some uh, might be an interesting guy. It wouldn't even surprise me, Gary, if you know. I, I think J, a guy like Jace Sternberger is. I think on Washington's practice squad today. Yeah, you know,
0: that was, that was my guy last year.
1: That's your guy, right? <laughs> I mean. Uh, unless unless there was just such a bitter taste less left in everyone's mouth how he performed in green bay he is a guy gary who runs well me you know and and they do like tight ends because they're versatile guys that that they asked to do multiple things inside that offense and then play Mm -hmm. some special teams it wouldn't stun me at some point in time if they tried to go back and and pluck him off the redskins practice squad but but the way it looks now gary that this is the group they're going to move forward with and Um, but there's no doubt to me, Gary, um, that they took a step backwards at that position, uh, due to that unfortunate injury to Tunyon.
0: Yeah, no, no question about, I will say this. I I'm, I'm a big Degaro fan. I I, I like what I've seen. I mean, he hasn't shown a lot, but I I think the potential is there and the the Packers drafted him. It was in the third round, right? Two years ago. Right. Yep, I mean you don't 20. wait, you don't use or expend a third-round pick on a guy if you don't think he can help you and, and help you in a in a pretty big way. And I think he's gonna be a guy that uh, you know maybe three, four weeks from now we'll be talking about a little more. But um, you know, Rob, every podcast I have ask Rob, right? One question. <laughs> and I got an
1: ask Gary for you, by the way, today.
0: Oh no. <laughs> well, anyways, my my Uh, question uh count uh centers around Daphne and Mm. uh you know he played at Larry Bird State um (laughs) you know after after playing at Iowa okay when he was at Iowa Rob who were two other famous receivers in that receiving core besides Daphne
1: receivers or tight ends Gary
0: okay you got it you know who they are right
1: I'm gonna guess Noah Fant and T.J. Hawkinson.
0: Absolutely, you win today's grand prize. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine that? What what a group of tight end! That,
1: that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, especially Gary, when when you think Fant Fant and Hawkinson went in round one, right? Yes. The top ten guy.
0: And and they both look like they're going to be studs. I mean, they they look like they're going to be just great players, both of them. So.
1: I, Iowa always has two or three tight ends. It's, it's just remarkable. There, there's a kid at Sun Prairie High School right now, Gary, who was recruited to Iowa, uh, who's going to be a tight end when, when he goes there. I've seen him play a couple times this season. And, and he, uh, my guess is he'll wind up playing on Sundays. I don't know really? what it is with Iowa, an offensive lineman and tight ends, but, yeah. but kudos to that staff, man. They know how to find them, don't they?
0: Exactly. And you said you had a question for me.
1: Yep, here we go. And and I know we're we're going to delve into the Matt LaFleur stuff a little bit here before our podcast is up, Gary. And and just the fact he's got this ridiculous 33 and 7 regular season record right now, but but Gary, he he's 7 and 1 again this season, right? Right. Green Bay has been 7 and 1 six times since Brett Favre came to town.
0: Wow. Wow. Which is
1: which is pretty darn in, in, impressive yes asking you to get all six i think would be ridiculously challenging what six years but but i tell you what if you can get four of the six you win the grand prize
0: uh i'm taking a pass right now <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no clue I, my, my memory is you well know is not exactly uh stellar so
1: all um, right go all ahead give right. see answers that, maybe that one that one was that one was too challenging. I'll just, I'll go through them real quick for the listeners that Gary, yeah. So 96, when they won the Super Bowl, they were seven and one. Okay. And then if you remember, they wound up getting, they wound up having a ton of injuries in the middle part of that season. They actually got to eight and one that year. They, they went to Kansas city and Dallas and back-to-back games without Freeman and Brooks and um, really any of their pass catchers. And they lost back-to-back games. They were eight and three. Didn't lose again, though. Wound up 16 and three that year once once they got healthy and I remember they signed andre Ryzen um that particular year so that's 96 gary uh 02 with mike sherman sure they were seven and one i remember that um in mike mccarthy's second year gary of 07 the nfc championship year when they lost to the giants uh they were seven and one that year as 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 big mac uh really got brett Favre playing high level football again in in 07 uh, you remember Gary in 11, they started the year 13 and 0. Um, So, so when I say seven and one, I mean, seven and one are better. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Yeah. You know, but, but in 11, Gary, they were 13 and 0 before they lost that game at Kansas city. Um, and then two times Gary now out of three years under Matt Lafleur, 2019 and 2021, you know, and 2019 Gary is, you know, remarkable to me because he was inheriting a group that had gone 13, 18 and one combined in 2017 and 18 gary i mean they were five games under 500 and he comes in in his first year and he's seven and one and and then he's seven and one again to start this year so um i maybe that's a little segue into our matt lafleur uh section here gary but here's a head coach now who's 33 and seven and it's just remarkable isn't it
0: oh no 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 question about it rob i'm pulling that audible uh I, I'm thinking we are coming down the stretch on this podcast. And I really want to talk a lot about LaFleur because I, I think he has been so underrated as a coach. It, it's just amazing. So next week, if you don't mind, we're gonna lead off our podcast on Matt LaFleur and really, really break down him. And uh, what what he's
1: well now now the pressure is really on Matt now now he's got to win the football game so we say (laughs) yeah
0: exactly I mean (laughs) I mean even if they lose to the Chiefs it's not going to change my opinion of the dude I mean I'm with you Gary I mean he has surpassed uh, my expectations by by
1: my 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 clock management on on that uh, segue Gary was like Aaron Rodgers clock management with timeouts
0: Rob ouch Uh, do you think Do you think one of these days he will have that figured out? I, I mean, to me, that's one of the few chinks in his armor, you know, is that aspect of clock management.
1: Well, if you don't have it figured out in year 17, Gary, I don't know when you're going to figure it out, right?
0: Yeah, and you uh, know the other thing too, Rob? You know, it's hard count. Yep. I mean, that, that's played in the past, I mean, numerous times, but I, I yep. think it, it's getting old now. I, I think teams are, are very aware of it. I mean, when's the last time it's happened this year? Like and how many times? Like once, maybe twice. I, I don't know.
1: Gary, I think I think the stat from a year or two ago was that the defense jumped off sides like seven times um, when on the hard count, and his own offensive lineman jumped 14 times. You know, where, where it actually where it actually was
0: <laughs> is that right?
1: Yes, yes. I I want to say that was in maybe 19, Gary. I, I'd have to go back yeah. and dig it up, but but it was two to one where he got his own guys moving versus the other side. So yeah, I mean, at some point in time, just play the damn football game, right? Snap the ball and just play and stop these gimmicks and games and, and head games and tricks where you're trying to get somebody on the other side to move. It's like you said, Gary, It this, this is a move that's been played. It's tiring. It's old. It's exhausting. Just play football.
0: Okay, we uh, got we got one more topic to uh, touch on before we uh, call it a wrap here, and that's the upcoming game Sunday against the Chiefs. Um, it should be a hell of a game. The, the Chiefs are struggling, and they are struggling in a major way. They are four and four. I don't think uh, anyone, I, I know, I didn't envision this happening to a team that's been to the Super Bowl the last two years. And you know what's what, what's really crazy, Rob? is their offense ranks fourth in, in total offense right they're, they're racking up 412 yards a game in, in comparison the Packers are 22nd at 337 but you know where, where their problem is and it's no secret the Chiefs defense ranks 29th in total defense they've given up get this 392 yards a game <laughs> I mean that's that's unbelievable so uh I don't know. I I think it's going to be a fun game to watch though, because the chiefs know they they can ill afford to uh, suffer another uh, loss.
1: No. And Gary, like you said, I mean, they are moving the ball up and down the field, but they've been sloppy with it. They've, they've been turnover prone. Uh, Mahomes is throwing more picks than than usual. They're, they're putting the ball on the ground and, and fumbling it. And and that's just one thing green Bay doesn't do Gary. I mean, green Bay's plus eight right now on the turnover department. They're second in the league. Um, they're plus 27 in the turnover department, Gary, since, since Matt LaFleur came to town um, they you know, they, they won the turnover to battle against Arizona three, nothing the other night, they just yeah. win that stat most of the nights. And in, in a league like this, Gary, where, you know, 20 of the 32 teams, let's call it or more are pretty darn close. It comes down to a play here or a play there. i um, even think of that Washington game, Gary, right. When, when, when when the Washington football team came to Green Bay a couple of weeks ago, um, you know the Packers win that game, but but it's a you know it's a play here and a play there, right? Heineken right. scores on on the sneak and it changes everything, right? Um, you know little things like that, and 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 Gary, I think because the Chiefs have been so good and so dominant, they just they haven't been nearly focused to the same level. They're they're sloppy with the football. It, it reminds me of at times. How some of those great Brett Favre, Packer-led teams started to play, where mm-hmm. um, you know they 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 just lost some of the discipline and focus and and got sloppy with the ball. You remember the '99 year, for example, with Ray Rhodes. You know Favre, Favre didn't Ray who <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know that I mean Green Bay was sloppy then. The Chiefs are sloppy now, and and Gary is as as poor as that defense is. And I know they traded today for Mel Melvin Ingram, you know, the outside linebacker from, from Pittsburgh. And my guess is he'll play right away come Sunday and he might give him a slight boost, but, but that defense across the board is pretty lousy that the offense has to bail them out. And and Gary, they, they can't do it. Turning the ball over now, Andy Reid's as good as it gets. He's a top three to five coach easily in the league. I I think we all can agree. Mahomes might be the most talented player uh, in, in the national football league. Um, Gary, if they can get back just to, you know, playing turnover free and, and disciplined and sound fundamental football, you know, they'll, they'll have a chance to make a run here, but, but right now at the midway point of the season, there hasn't been a lot of evidence that leads you to believe they can, and they will do those things. So, you know, any time you enter a football game, Gary, and you've got one team that's sloppy and you've got one team that's really well coached and, and fundamentally sound. I'm gonna take the team that's fundamentally sound and, and well coached. And and I think the Chiefs will put up some points and yards, Gary, but but I think Green Bay does enough to win this thing. Let's call it, you know, 27-23, something like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking up some uh, stats on on Mahomes and Tyree uh, Tyreek Hill. It's obvious they aren't playing up to their capabilities. I mean, you had mentioned about Mahomes' uh, interception the, problems and he's got 10 interceptions already this year and he's thrown 19 touchdowns i mean that's very unlike patrick mahomes then you look at tyree Hill, uh he's averaging just 11 and a half yards per catch i mean th- this this is a home run hitter i mean a big game player and that's the lowest average for for tyree Hill since his rookie season five years ago so Uh, as bad as the defense is, and it is bad, Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill, two of their uh, big name players aren't playing up to their big name capabilities. So I'm with you. I I think the Packers are going to win. I got them down to win 30 to 24. So um, I I don't know what the spread is. What, what, have you heard what the spread is?
1: I I haven't even looked yet. No. So I don't even want to venture a guess. I, you know the Chiefs just played the Monday night game. We're doing this Tuesday evening. I, I'm, I guess I can really quick look as we, as we go here, Gary. But I'm well, going to guess we may a real slight favorite, but
0: yeah. Well, you know, we could. well while you're looking that up, uh, I just want to you know touch on the biggest news of the week and maybe one of the biggest. Uh, news <laughs> stories of the of the entire NFL season, and that, that's with Henry Ruggs getting into his auto accident. Uh, the, the, he's the young wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders, and I, I, I know some people in the Raiders organization. They they think the world of this guy. Uh, they, they you know constantly rave about him. He made a major mistake, and, and it's just I mean it's tragic. To see a guy like this, who has so many possibilities of being a great receiver and having such a bright future, you know, fall into this situation, and and uh, you certainly feel sorry for the family of the person who was killed in the car accident, but you know, again, just just tragic.
1: Yeah. Before I hit that, Gary uh, Green Green Bay is uh, half a point underdog. There you Chief, go Chiefs, uh, Chiefs minus one half of a point <laughs> which is uh, which is an interesting line that that I just found but
0: yeah
1: um, you know Gary obviously a lot of details will come out yet on, on rugs and, and and as we do this there's a lot of stuff we don't know about I just I, I continue to harp back to, to the fact that I never can understand and I, I just don't get it when these these guys Gary have have more money, then then they know what to do with and and every option available to them to call a cab right to call an uber to call a friend whatever it does this isn't a guy with you know four and a half dollars in his wallet and and he doesn't know if he can you know pay the cabbie enough to get him home right this is a guy who signed a multi-million dollar contract and it's just these these judgment things that and we all did really stupid things at 23 years old or whatever right gary but 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 this the, the, this is on a whole nother level when it results in in the death of another another individual. It's a, it's a sad sad story. Uh, again, there's a, there's a lot to play out, and, and we'll see how it how it eventually comes to pass. But all of a sudden now you're you're talking about a guy whose NFL career could be over almost as soon as it began.
0: Yeah, I mean you know if he's found guilty, it's two to twenty years. Sure. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really a sad story. Every time you hear these drunken driving incidents, uh, you know, it makes you wonder. So anyways, let's uh, wrap up on a high note, Rob. Uh, You were fantastic as always. You you brought your A game and uh, your insightful commentary was right on. So I want to thank you first of all. And I also want to thank, of course, all our great listeners. Take care and all the best.
1: For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary and WofflesPressBox.com.